Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. It is so good to be with you on a glorious mon- uh, Wednesday night, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm thinking of Monday because we actually have a special Monday edition coming up in July. I was looking at the schedule uh, later. We'll, t- we'll keep you informed on social media, at Talk Soccer. And uh, yeah, we do have a Monday edition coming up in July, as I just got the schedule for some of the dates for Soccer Weekly. Normally, you can find it here on a beautiful Wednesday. What are we talking about tonight? Well, so much to get to. The Gold Cup, USA taking on Panama right now for tops in Group D. The U.S. needed just a draw coming in to win this group. If Panama were to win the game, well, then the, if the winner plays Curaçao in the second round, the knockout round, if you will, as we're wrapping up the group stage of the Gold Cup. The United States, look, I, I was in the at the game in my hometown in Cleveland against Trinidad and Tobago. First time I've ever been to Cleveland Brown Stadium, if you can believe that. What is it, First Energy Stadium? Yeah, because as soon as that was being built, I actually moved it to L.A. 20-plus years ago. Literally just missed out on that. In fact, I used to go down the old construction site where the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium was when they were building this new stadium 20 years ago, and I actually drove right up to like a pile of dirt as they were building it and then moved to L.A. to begin my uh, lovely career in Los Angeles. So... Finally got to go to that stadium and see the United States take on TNT, and what a game it was. So the U.S., look, all that comes down to is you got to make you got to make hay in the knockout stages. The winner takes on Curaçao, a team that I told you on Twitter, at Talk Soccer, was playing really well coming into this tournament. I've liked what I've seen out of Curaçao. Well, they get it done with a late goal against Jamaica to, to earn the draw and move on. Jamaica wins the group. They'll take on the second-place team from the U.S.-Panama group, and U.S. and Panama are both moving on. They're just determining who's one, who's two. Haiti will take on Canada in a quarterfinal. I love the Haitian story. Uh, I have some ties to Haiti. I really love that country. And Canada's always a good story. It's always fun for our neighbors of the north. You're, you hope they keep getting better. Mark Anthony K. obviously, with the LAFC connections, good fun to watch. Mexico versus Costa Rica. And I still think Mexico are the clear favorites. Uriel Antuna has been magnificent. The young LA Galaxy attacker for Tata Martino. And I love the way El Tri is playing. I don't think they'll have any trouble with Costa Rica. I'll be shocked. That will be a big upset. The Costa Ricans are still a little shaky to me. They haven't found their footing yet. Now, it's a dangerous team, but Mexico should handle them. The big story is the Women's World Cup. United States moves on after a gritty, to say the least, performance against a very stout and a very motivated Spain side who could have got run over, but it's a couple of penalties for Megan Rapino and the U.S. get by a very spirited Spanish side to move on in the knockout stages into the quarterfinals. And full credit to Spain. They really put up a great effort against the United States. Tooth and nail in that game. Just a couple of days ago on Monday. So a good effort there from both sides. It was a good game. All these knockout stage games have been very good so far. Really, the level of play in the round of 16, you can just see it rising compared to the group stage. And now we're really getting into it. And now the quarterfinals, to me, and I don't say this lightly because with all deference to Japan, who I think is a very good team, and even Canada, of course, they lost to a very tough Swedish team. These are the eight sides that have made the quarterfinal. They're the best eight right now. Norway will take on England. The United States and France at the Parc des Princes. 
So what a what a home oh boy home draw that is uh, for France taking on the U.S. and then the next day, Italy takes on the Netherlands and Germany and Sweden. So these are the eight teams in the Women's World Cup. Here's what I want to tell you about the Women's World Cup right now. I'm getting frustrated at the over politicization. They're over politicizing the World Cup, and it's a disservice not to the fans, not to anybody on social media who has to put up with it or too many people are over politicizing this world cup for the women and it's a disservice to the players themselves all right not every issue has to be solved within a span of a month here when it comes to the women's game equal pay we've talked about it on this show i get it Uh, some of the pay for some of these federations is abhorrent and it's if it wasn't so sad it'd be laughable I get that, too, and that has to change, okay? But I understand most people would say, well, Denholm, this is the time to bring it up. So many eyeballs, so many ears are on the World Cup. We should be screaming about it. No, it's a disservice to the players. Let them enjoy this experience and stop over-politicizing everything. Now, I'm not even just talking about, like, Megan Rapinoe's comments when she's asked about going to the White House. I don't care. Somebody wants to talk about their politics. That's America. Amen. And stop, you know, if you're a person who is one of those people who's like, oh, celebrities shouldn't have an opinion. I don't care what they have to say. Well, then I don't care what you have to say. This is America. Celebrities, wealthy people, athletes, they all have a right to say what they want politically. So don't go that route. I don't even care about that part of it. It's more about the the women's game versus the men. Why does everybody have to compare now? We can worry about that the day it's over. Let these women have the spotlight fully and enjoy themselves. Not everything has to be politicized during it. I want to enjoy the World Cup. I'm sure they want to. Now, if some of them want to speak out and they feel it's the time to do it, that's their right. But, you know, and I love this guy, okay? But as an example, and I've quoted him on this show, his work for Sports Illustrated and Fox is stellar. Make no mistake when I say this. Grant Wall, he's a legend. But man, is he on a soapbox about the women's football here during the World Cup. I get it. He feels it's the right time to do it. Grant, easy. Just enjoy the games for a while, okay? We can get back to this later. Doesn't mean it's not important. Doesn't mean I won't talk about it here once the World Cup is done. No, I will. That's what I do here on Soccer Weekly. But man, let them enjoy the World Cup as it's going on. Most of these women will not be back. Right? For for most soccer players, men or women, if they are blessed with an opportunity to play in a World Cup, they get one shot. I didn't want to jump into the started sound like uh, Eminem there. You get one shot. You know, No, I'm not going to go into a rap here, but they get one chance. Let them enjoy it. We don't have to politicize everything in sports as it's going on. We can talk about this stuff later. Am I right? I understand if you have a different opinion than that. I really do. Like, I'm not naive to it. There there can be some change affected because of it. It's just that I love the game so much. I am concerned about the future of women's, women's football. We can worry about that the day after the final. That's it. That's all I'm saying. We can worry about that on July 8th. But for right now... 
let's just worry about the football and how hideous VAR is or other topics that you want to bring up or how good teams like Sweden and Italy and the Netherlands look and France and the United States. There's some good football going on now and these quarterfinals are going to be red hot starting tomorrow with Norway and England and then Friday with France and the U.S. and as I mentioned, Saturday with two games. These are going to be great games. Let's enjoy those. And, you know, I don't need the commentators to constantly be talking about political issues. Stop! Just cover the football! Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, if you agree or disagree. I don't even want to call it the Women's World Cup. It's just the, it's the World Cup. I always consider these two-year stretch the most fantastic time because you get two World Cups in a row. Yes, we want to make sure women, women's football is taken care of in a much better way in the future. And it will be. It's growing. Remember, the Women's World Cup is barely older than MLS. If you think the, women, I mean, the Women's World Cup is a puppy when it comes to sports in relation to not only the Men's World Cup, but just history of sport. The women's the first women's World Cup was nineteen what ninety one. There's much more room for improvement. It will get there. Again, you can be fired up about it. Let's wait till July eighth, and I'll join you then because I just want to enjoy the football. I want to break it down. I want to watch it. I want to enjoy it. All the highs and lows. I don't know that the United States is going to win anymore. They were the clear favorite coming in. They're still the favorite. Still going to be tough to beat in a one-off game. But I don't know if they're uh, as rock-solid to win it as I thought they were. That's what I'm looking forward to. How are they going to break down France? How are they going to keep the French out of the back of the net? Is Megan Rapinoe... You know, notwithstanding a couple of penalty kicks. Is she going to be exposed? Is Crystal Dunn going to step up? Oh, I love Crystal Dunn. I know some people are saying she's not having a great tournament or whatever. I love her. I love the way she plays. Is Alex Morgan 100%? I mean, these are questions I want to know about. These are, this is what we should be talking about. Cannot wait for that Germany-Sweden game. I got a bad feeling about Germany-Sweden, the winner of that one. Yikes. Great stuff. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Black and Gold Breakdown, coming up next. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of LAFC. We are ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Hey, coming up in just a few minutes, we got a giveaway. We have another giveaway you will not want to miss right here on Soccer Weekly on the home of world football, ESPN LA 710. We are also the home of Los Angeles Football Club. we got a game coming up. You can hear it on ESPN LA Taking on Colorado Rapids on Friday. It is time now for the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. And joining me now on Black and Gold Breakdown, he is the goalkeeper for LAFC who has been red hot in these U.S. Open Cup games thus far as the uh, LAFC have been moving on now to the quarterfinals. Pablo Cisniega. Pablo, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. It's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you too, Dave. Pablo, uh, you're kind of a a bit of an unknown commodity for a lot of LAFC fans coming into the season, certainly. You're a guy who uh, 
we were excited to see what what he could do, and now you're you're getting your opportunity in the Open Cup. But talk to us a little bit about how you landed at LAFC this season. Yeah, well, um, I was in Real Sociedad in Spain, mm-hmm. and I got the call here from a couple of guys at LAFC that they were interested in me coming uh, in late January, and I thought it was it would be a good opportunity for me. So, luckily, everything was able. We were able to get everything started, and I was able to come here to LA. Yeah, it's been a good ride so far, uh, Pablo. You've had to be patient, of course, with Tyler Miller having an excellent 2018 season, and of course he's having a great 2019, but you knew you'd get your chance, and now with these Open Cup games, uh, talk a little bit about both matches, Pablo, because the first one you didn't have a lot to do, but boy, you had to make a huge save in that game against Real Salt Lake. You got the job done there, and then you were just battered by San Jose and stood up tall. Uh, talk a little bit about those with victories. Mm-hmm. Well, the first one it was it was my first game. It was my first competitive game since October. So yeah. I was I just really wanted to get ready for it and just kind of take the opportunity. I did everything to prepare, and then I mean everything kind of everything went well. I was happy with with the result. I was happy I could help the team win. And for the game against San Jose, it was kind of just the same thing. Just prepare myself, be ready for the opportunity, and just we I was happy with the game that I had and with the game that the team had that we were able to get the win. Well, you did have a game, that is for sure. We're talking with Pablo Cisniega. He is a goalkeeper for LAFC. Came up huge against San Jose to move the team along to the quarterfinals. Uh, Pablo, you're the quintessential goalkeeper, Ty. You know, that you're a tall guy, you're a big guy. Uh, well, how did your career start, even as a, as a young child? Did you always think it was going to be goaltender for you, or were you one of those guys like everybody else who started up front trying to score goals? Well, when I was young, I would kind of play all kind of positions. Yeah, and uh, when I was at Chivas, actually, I got to Chivas when I was nine years old in Guadalajara, and I I went and I showed up the first day with an Iker Casillas jersey. So <laughs> when I showed up there, they they just assumed I was the goalkeeper, and they threw me in goal. And then kind of I did well that day, and then from there I kind of just became a goalkeeper, and it's it's what I love doing, so I'm happy. Well, you grew into it for sure, both physically and otherwise. He's a, a keeper extraordinaire so far here for LAFC. Pablo Cisniega joining us here on Black and Gold Breakdown. How are you enjoying L.A. so far? It's only been a few months for you, I understand, but you know how, how have you liked it so far? No, I love I love the city. It's it's really fun. It's very very different from San Sebastian, where I was living before in Spain. That was just like a small town, and this is just it's huge. There's a lot, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of restaurants to try out. It's it's really nice to be here. The traffic's the only thing that, that drives me crazy, but other than that, the city the city's beautiful. Now, Pablo, you, uh, of course, as you mentioned, coming from Sociedad, a bit of a legend there is now in LAFC as well. And he, oh, by the way, <laughs> happens to be having a pretty good season. What about Carlos Vela and his time at Sociedad? I mean, he was uh, he was so well-loved there. Yeah, well, Carlos Carlos was loved. I think he's loved everywhere he goes just because <laughs> of, the, of the personality he has and just because of the guy he is. Mm-hmm. In Russell Sociedad, he did, I mean, he just did an outstanding job, kind of what he's, the same as he's doing here. And I knew him from my time in Spain, and when I when I got a chance to come here, it was it's always nice meeting up with a friend and with a familiar face. So it was it was great to have him here. Well, that is a familiar face for sure. He is uh, Pablo Cisniega. Pablo LAFC does a lot of social media stuff. They like to do videos and everything. There's one that I uh, watched of you visiting the great restaurant, and I, I apologize. If, is it Huelaweza? Is that uh, where you went? Yeah, you had, it's pretty yeah, cool. Went, yeah, get like it. Ah, very good, very good. See, I, I, everybody loves that restaurant in L.A. How did you like it? 
Oh, it was very good. It was very good. Was, I was especially happy because I had just arrived in L.A. Mm-hmm. And living in Spain, there's not that, not that much Mexican food. So being able to come here and eat some good Mexican food was definitely definitely appreciated. <laughs> You're in the right town for that, no doubt about it. In terms yeah. of the, in the world, there's only a few uh, that are better than L.A. probably. So you're in a good place mm-hmm. for that. Are you are you enjoying your football now? I mean, it's been tough because you haven't played a ton. I mean, you knew, as I said, coming in, you you were going to be in a battle with a guy like Tyler mm-hmm. Miller who had an outstanding season. But you have been more than ready when called upon here. Are you enjoying your football? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I kind of like when I when I came here, I knew that it was going to be hard to get opportunities because Tyler was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be patient and just be ready for when when the opportunity arose to be able to take advantage of it. And that's what I'm going to try and keep doing these couple more like these games that we have coming up pablo zach abdel is a legend in american football as a goalkeeper coach talk a little bit about what he's done for you yeah well when when i got here um he right away he tried to change a lot of the things technically that i would have from spain mm-hmm. and um i've been able to make a couple of adjustments that i feel that have really helped my game so he's he's been helpful he's helped me a lot to adapt here to adapt to the league to adapt to kind of a different style of play, and I feel like I've, I've grown a lot with him. It seems as though, as I watch LAFC go at it in practice, you know, under Bob Bradley and Zach, and of course the coaching staff, uh, you guys do not mess around. You have a lot of fun, but it's pretty intense, you know. And I think that's a, that's been a key even before you got here last season as well. Bob Bradley does not mess around in getting his work done, and it's showing on the pitch here. Can you talk a little bit about training and what what it goes what goes into it with LAFC day in and day out? Yeah, well, the training sessions are, are very intense. They're very, I mean, they're hard training sessions where a lot is asked of us both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. But I think that that just kind of prepares us to be ready for the games and to be ready to compete every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree, and it's definitely paying off. What do you think of the level so far? You've played these uh, a couple of games in the Open Cup. Uh, you've seen San Jose getting better, certainly, compared to how how they played against LAFC earlier in the season under a great manager in Matias Almeida. You knew they wouldn't struggle for too long. What do you think about the uh, the level of MLS so far, Pablo? I think the level is very high. I think uh, a lot of people, especially in Mexico, they underestimate the MLS. Because mm-hmm. in Europe, a lot of people speak highly of the MLS, and they speak highly about how the league is growing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the level when I got here, it even surprised me a little bit of how high the level was. And because, I mean, there's a lot of players that are, that are very, very good. And you see a lot of young players that are that are coming here to kind of develop, too. So I think it's a league that's definitely growing and that's getting better every year. You mentioned how they, you know, people got in contact with you. Had you ever heard from MLS teams before? Because you are such a young talent. Out in the, you know, you're playing in Spain at the time. Have you Had you heard from MLS sides before? Uh, I mean, I'd heard, I'd heard like rumors, but nothing mm-hmm. had ever come up where it was like a firm offer. I mean, sure. they had talked to me a little bit from a, not from a couple other clubs, but nothing firm. And then this, like I told you, this January LAFC came and came in with a firm offer. They wanted to bring me in, so I thought it was the best step for my career, and I decided to take it. And what was it like in in Spain, though, Pablo? I'm sure you enjoyed yourself. It's an unbelievable, you know, soccer culture, football culture there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I love Spain and I love playing there. I just, I had a couple of injuries, especially in my past two years. I had two bad injuries that kind of just, well, they kind of uh, put my career on pause. And that really just, I, I kind of got stuck over there in Spain because of those injuries. And I just thought that it was important to come, to come kind of start fresh, get a new, 
with a new team, new people, and get a new opportunity, you know? Absolutely, and we, we are glad for that. Pablo Cisniega joining us here on Black and Gold Breakdown. He's the goalkeeper for LAFC. Pablo, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but have you heard yeah. yet? Are, are you going to be handling the U.S. Open Cup goalkeeping chores moving forward as far as this team goes? Um, I, I have no idea, to be honest okay. with you. I don't yeah. know how it's going to work, so I'm just going to take it game by game and see how see how that goes. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. The coaches want to keep you on your toes there and keep you working, I'm sure. So, But we are certainly happy with what we've seen, and you have been great so far. Keep up the good work, Pablo. You've been a magnificent in these uh, matches that we've seen you, and I've enjoyed calling for sure. You bet. Thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Enjoy yourself. Of course. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. You bet. Pablo Cisniega, the uh, goalkeeper for LAFC, who's been in the pipes for the couple of uh, U.S. Open Cup games and has looked fantastic, which is no real surprise. As you heard him talk about, LAFC knew this kid and his talent, and they were going to go after him. And what a great, great get as a goalkeeper, a young goalkeeper like him, to come in so talented. I really, I really love watching this guy. In just the few games I've seen so far, he has been magnificent and a lot of skill in the in between the uh, the pipes there for LAFC. Pablo Cisniega joining us on Black and Gold Breakdown. Really appreciate that. Hey, we have got a giveaway that you will not want to miss coming up in just a few minutes. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Don't forget, we podcast the show. If you miss any of the interviews, if you happen to miss a little bit of that one, if you're just joining us, you can always catch stuff on the podcast. Go to iTunes, go to ESPN Pod Center, search for Soccer Weekly, subscribe, rate, and review each and every week here. We are the home of world football in Southern California. We're the home of LAFC. I'm Dave Dunholm, and this is ESPN LA 710. Oh, the beautiful game rolls on here on the home of world football, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and this is Soccer Weekly. Black and Gold Breakdown, if you missed it, you want to podcast it. The interview with Pablo Cisniega. Thanks again to Pablo for joining us just minutes ago. Goalkeeper for LAFC. Fun to talk to him. That was the first time I really got a chance to talk to him as he's been experiencing the U.S. Open Cup. By the way, we will have the next Open Cup match here on ESPNLA for LAFC. That'll be against Portland Timbers at the bank on July 10th. In the quarterfinals, oh man, the rivalry with the Timbers. There, I sports hate the Timbers with the passion of a thousand suns, the heat of a thousand suns. I sports hate the Timbers. They're ridiculous and they're so easy to hate. And that rivalry continues to heat up time and time again between the two in the short history so far. And I don't expect any different on July 10th. LAFC, of course, have a game on Friday. You'll hear it on ESPN LA the against Colorado Rapids in Colorado. And I think the kickoff, yeah, it's, you know, your traditional time for that kickoff. Uh, and, by the way, I promised a ticket giveaway. It's time for a ticket giveaway. Just that easy. Don't miss the International Champions Cup at Dignity Health Sports Park on July 17th. Come watch Arsenal take on Bayern Munich at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Again, July 17th at Dignity Health Sports Park. The ICC, Arsenal and Bayern Munich, 8 p.m. Right now, we're looking for caller number one and number two. Each of them are going to win a pair of tickets and pregame passes to the match. Call now at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Visit internationalchampionscup.com to purchase your game tickets today. Again, callers one and two, each going to get a pair of tickets, 877-710-ESPN. ESPN. If it keeps ringing, you're probably too late. I got to be honest. But you know, if it's ringing, who knows? Are they getting the calls? Yeah. Okay. We move on. MLS has hit basically the midway point with this 
kind of a break for the Gold Cup. L.A. Galaxy just got a win a few nights ago against the Cincinnati. So the Galaxy still breathing down LAFC's neck, although LAFC have a game in hand and lead the Galaxy by six points atop the West. LAFC on 37 points. They still have one game to reach the midway point. Remember, 17 games is the halfway point. There's a lot of teams already on 17 games, some of them still with a few games in hand. So I wanted to kind of do a mid-season review of MLS and what's been going on. And my mid-season review is, first of all, now some of you who hate LAFC, I get that. You still love the show because you love me and you love the beautiful game. Or you hate me, but you love to listen to the show. I've never seen a team as good as LAFC in MLS. Now, it's a long way to go. We're only halfway through. So it doesn't mean that it has to end that way for the black and gold. They still got to go out and do the work. And I'll say it again, I'm more and more convinced with what Guillermo Barrascoloto is doing for uh, the, the Galaxy that they are the second best team in MLS. Now, they've had their ups and downs, right? A couple of really highs and a few really lows. Three losses at home is not good enough, frankly. And I'm not even saying they're the second most talented team. But I believe the LA Galaxy are a real threat to LAFC, without a doubt. Only two teams in MLS with double-digit wins so far. And, you know, look, I understand LAFC is just putting the ball in the back of the net at such a ridiculous rate, but the Galaxy can score, too, with a guy like Zlatan. And the Galaxy's defense has been much improved. That's been the key. So those two, look, there are other threats. Who else can win the Cup? There are a few names. Seattle Sounders can win the Cup, yes. Houston Dynamo, yes. Now, again, you make the playoffs if you're one of the top seven in each country. You can win. It's a knockout format. You know, you get red hot and things can happen. New York City FC can win the Cup. They're going to be hard to beat. Atlanta, yes. D.C., yeah. I'm still not sold on Philadelphia Union. They're the top of the East, and they're the best team in the East right now. I would not be surprised if they take a few steps backwards, but they are a good team, and I do I do have to say I'm very impressed. More impressed than I thought I would be with the Philadelphia Union so far. I'm just not sold yet. That doesn't mean it won't happen. Long way to go. They're only halfway through their schedule. Is there a team on the outside looking in right now that you should keep an eye on, right? Top seven go to the playoffs? Well, first and foremost is the team that LAFC just played in the Open Cup. That's San Jose Earthquakes. They're on the outside looking in right now by a point. They're a point behind Real Salt Lake for the seventh and final playoff spot and two points back of Minnesota United for six. Matias Almeida is a coach. He knows what he's doing as a manager of a football team. Yes, they can still make a run. I, I got to believe Sporting Kansas City can straighten things out. They have way too much talent. And Portland Timbers, with all those home games still in their back pocket, they will come climbing up the standings. So it's going to be very tough towards the bottom of the Western Conference making the playoffs. In the East, a team that you should keep your eye on? Uh Uh-oh. It's our old buddy Bruce Arena at New England Revolution. Bruce knows what he's doing in this league. 
He kind of got put into a hole by Brad Friedel and that start for New England, but yikes, they're getting better and better. If you're in the East, you don't want New England making the playoffs. That's all I know about the East right now. You don't want to give Bruce Arena life and allow his team into the postseason. But that is a team who's going to go, who can cause a lot of damage in the East. Don't know that they're going to win. Don't know if they have quite that level of talent yet under Bruce Arena and, and now Kurt Anolfo's joined up and all the old gangs getting back together. The band's getting back together for Bruce. Don't know if they're yet ready to kind of compete with the top of the Eastern Conference by any means, but look out. Players to keep an eye on? Well, keep an eye on Joseph Martinez. He is heating up. Yeah, no duh, Dave. He's good. The Venezuelan is heating up. Off to a rugged start, just like Atlanta United was as a team under Frank DeBoer. But now, starting to click. Keep an eye on him. Without a doubt, he is just oh, such a threat. And Atlanta's starting to kind of feel better about themselves. I expect more out of Darwin Quintero and, uh, and the talent on Minnesota United. Hovering under 500 right now, that's surprising to me. Still not a team that does well enough on the road. I mean, they go for victories, which I applaud, and they've gotten three of them on the road, so that at least... They've got nine points from nine matches, but six losses on the road, too. I mean, I'm not saying you go for draws, right? That's not my thing. You know me. You go for victories on the road. At least they play for wins on the road. I appreciate that. But they've got to start uh, scraping out more points even on the road. And at home, just one loss, but three draws. I think Minnesota United needs to even be tougher at that new stadium, Allianz Field, as well. I'm a little disappointed. They're one of my they're one of my surprises in the disappointment cat. Now you say Denholm, what they haven't they haven't been good enough. They're better, yes, but I actually think they should be, be even better. And I think they would say that. One of my surprises in the East is still Chicago Fire. What are they doing? How can you be this bad in a city like Chicago, a sports just me- you know mecca and a soccer mad market? Time and time again. What, what are they doing there? Just so frustrating. And FC Cincinnati. Look, you know, we knew it was going to be tough for them. But, you know, you kind of, after that rugged and ragged first game where they got blown out, then they start putting points on the board, and you're like, well, okay. And oh, boy, has it fallen off. The training wheels are off. The wheels are now off, and they are in the ditch. 3 12 and 2. And a minus 21 goal difference. They are getting run over. Scoring less than a goal a game and giving up a ton of goals. That's not a recipe for success. Yikes. By far the worst offense in MLS in my estimate. Well, not by far, but like they are the worst in my humble opinion. They're midway through that schedule. they got to right the ship here. And look, I'm not saying Cincinnati is going to make the playoffs. they just got to start playing better. But it's going to be a tough year for them. And we've seen, you know, look, LAFC and a few expansion sides over the years, they kind of skew things. Don't look at LAFC and compare FC Cincinnati to LAFC. There's no comparison. Cincinnati's going to have to do it the long, hard, grind-it-out kind of way. There's no magic fix there for them, at least not as currently constructed. So next year they're going to have to keep grinding it out, trying to get results at home as often as possible, and then hope and pray on the road, much like they're going to have to do the rest of this season as well.
MLS. I, I got to tell you, I say it time and again on this. You know I love the league. You know I love what's going on. There's so much talent here. This first half has been remarkable. Not just because of what LAFC has done, which in and of itself is ridiculous. But I have to address something. In that Galaxy game, there were stories coming out, rumors, stories, whatever, people talking about it, how Zlatan is not happy, wasn't happy with his teammates, wasn't happy with how the game went, even though LAFC, or a big part LA Galaxy, got the 2-0 victory, that Zlatan is not happy if Zlatan's not scoring. Well, no, duh. And my next retort would be, so what? Oh, he's not an outstanding teammate? Well, we don't know that. And not only that, so what if he isn't? Zlatan Ibrahimovic is paid to score goals. And that is how LA Galaxy will be successful ultimately. I'm in shock over some of the social media that I see. LA Galaxy fans, like, we don't need him. Are, are you insane? Are you absolutely lost your mind? Are you insane? Just stop with that. Will he bring some headaches every now and again? You bet. Well, you knew that when you were bringing him in. With some of the bad comes an awful lot of good with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And that's just the way it's going to be. And that's the way it should be with a talent like him. He is an enigma wrapped in a riddle. That is Zlatan. And he's also one of the best to ever play the game. You soak it up. Sometimes you have to suck it up. And you move on with it. And you just enjoy the ride. Too many of these Galaxy fans, well, we'd be better off. That is just insanity. Stop. Be careful what you start talking about, because you might just get your wish. And then look out. The Galaxy are a team that can compete for the cup. Just be careful what you wish for there, Galaxy fan. And I'm not saying, look, I understand there's nobody bigger than the game. No one. Not Michael Jordan, not LeBron James, not Tom Brady, not Babe Ruth, not Hank Aaron, not Clayton Kershaw, not Zlatan Ibrahimovic, not Lionel Messi, and not Cristiano Ronaldo. No one is bigger than the game because the game moves on without you, and it rolls on, and eventually people essentially forget about you. But right now... It's lunacy to be talking about, oh, Zlatan's such a headache, he's such a distract. <laughs> Utterly absurd. Hey, hit me up on Twitter. If you disagree, that's fine. I'm going to have a civil conversation there at Talk Soccer. I mean, let me know if you agree or disagree. I'm always uh, uh, well, ready and willing to discuss stuff throughout the week, even you know, once Soccer Weekly's done each and every week. Oh, so much good stuff. Hey, we still got stoppage time to get to. That and so much more. I am Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. We have the home of the black and gold coming up Friday nights. LAFC 
are in Colorado to take on the Rapids. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff, 6.30 for the pregame. And the Rapids are kind of they're playing pretty well lately after uh, K- Connor Casey took over on an interim basis after Anthony Hudson left. Uh, Colorado's no pushover right now, so we'll see how LAFC handle that road trip after kind of an interesting June. Obviously, they've had a couple of those U.S. Open Cup games, but it's been very light, and then it's going to get very busy for LAFC. I, be- I believe, if my math is correct, that game on Friday starts a five games in 15 days stretch for LAFC, including the U.S. Open Cup. So we'll see how that goes. It's time now for the L.A. Care Injury Report. At L.A. Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. Hey, uh, L.A. Care, for all of L.A., pretty good injury report. I mean, you never want to see anybody on it, obviously, but right now, not too bad for uh, LAFC. You know, certainly have Stephen Bateshaw, who's been uh, you know, away with the injury on the hamstring. That's still an issue. Tristan Blackman has been filling in there, as we know. Alejandro Aguido is questionable still officially. Javi Perez, Perez had the uh, ACL tear. He is out for the season. We want to wish him the best and continue with a speedy recovery. For Colorado, Courtney Ford had knee surgery uh, just a few days ago. So he's out for the season. Declan Wynn is still out with a foot injury. And Sam Nicholson, the midfielder, is questionable with a hamstring injury. That is your LA Care injury report. It is time now for Stoppage Time. Mario Reese produces this show. He produces LAFC, and he is the host of Stoppage Time. Hello, Mario. What's going on, buddy? Dave, all is good, my man. All is good. How are you? Oh, doing great. Love, love the beautiful game, man. I love talking about it here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got Inter Miami, you know, David Beckham's new team. They're getting ready to get things going next season in uh, 2020. And Inter Miami's not messing around. As rumors are flying around in regards to some of the players that they're, they're they're looking at, they're going after some young, talented players over in South America, some young American talent, even some big-name veteran stars. And they're kind of taking that blueprint of the Atlanta United way to do it, the LAFC mm-hmm. way to do it. And Beckham, you know, he has that Rolodex, so he's going to get things going, and they're going to be ready to go in 2020, Dave. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more about the... Inter Miami is not messing around. Now, this is a story from Michelle Kaufman, who's a great writer. She's been with the Miami Herald for a long time covering soccer in America. And uh, she's talking, uh, has a story about how, according to various, and I'm quoting her story here, according to various Argentine media outlets, Inter Miami agreed to a $6 million deal for 19-year-old Banfield forward Julian Carranza. And that was last Friday. And then they're also, according to her, and these, you know, Argentine media is all over this. A ten million dollar deal potentially for nineteen year old Estudiantes midfielder Matias or Matias Pellegrini. I beg your pardon. So these are really young, up and coming talent in South America. Like these two are well known to be, you know, talent that a lot of the world's game is looking at. So, I mean, they're not messing around. And you know, Miami is a big draw. Let's face it. You know, it, I think it's L.A. light. I've always thought Los Angeles is a far better town than Miami, but no I don't know. These athletes love going to Miami. They love it. Well, you know why, Mario? For one thing, it's close to Europe, relatively. Yeah, exactly. Closer. I mean, Ronaldo loves it. 
You I know? mean, think about it. If you're flying from, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo coming yep. from Italy or wherever he's, you know, in Portugal if he's back at home or, or when he was in Spain, you're flying somewhere to you want to go hang out in America. Yeah, L.A. is awesome. PK. It's, it's also know? another four or five hours on the plane, too, both ways. So, yeah, yeah, they can just pop over to Miami. And Miami is a great town. So, and not a bad place to live either, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be some big names. Even in her story, the uh, players who have been linked with Inter-Miami, right? I mean, look at these names. Uh, Mauro Icardi, Hector Moreno, Cristiano Ronaldo, Falcao, Hamas. Yeah. I mean, Busquets, it, you know, Piquet. Oh, oh, boy. It could get nuts there. Uh, no doubt about it. They're going to be a threat, and that is magnificent. So that's what, I, that's what we want. Look, all deference to poor FC Cincinnati, but it's not the same thing. And I love Ohio. You know that. Yeah, of course. I don't love Cincinnati, but I love Ohio. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I want teams to succeed. I want them to be good. I want Me them to too. Be successful. I really hope Miami comes in and just gets things going yes, right away. Absolutely. That's exactly what this need league, or league needs. More teams willing to do that and to go after that young team. You know why, Mario? Because you're not going to keep a 19-year-old Argentine for 12 years. No, no, no. That's not the point. You buy him for six you buy his contract out, and then you sell him for 36. Oh, yeah. To somebody in your – that's the point. And Flipping. everybody wins. Amen. Yeah. I'm tired of us being on the bad end of that in MLS. And thankfully, that's changing. So let's continue to hope that changes more and more. Great stuff, as always. Thank Thanks you, Dave. Thanks so much, uh, Mario. Appreciate that. Don't forget, if you want tickets to that Arsenal-Bayern Munich game coming up in July, go to internationalchampionscup.com. And uh, we appreciate that. We gave the tickets away earlier in the show, and uh, we do have the two winners for that. So thank you for calling in for that as well. I am Dave Detholm. As always, such a fun time here. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Go to the podcast at ESPN Pod Center or iTunes. Search for Soccer Weekly. And we will uh, talk to you on Friday as LAFC are in Colorado to take on the Rapids. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710.